With a plethora of needs, the Bengals could go a number of directions in the first round of this year's draft. Let's talk about the possibilities and try to rank those needs. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we are the Locked On Bengals podcast, covering your team every day on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. If you're new to the show, you're just dipping your toes into some Bengals draft coverage this year as the playoffs are coming to a close and we're ready to put the 2023 NFL season behind us. Make sure you subscribe. That makes it really easy to join the First Listen Club. The ranks of Locked On Bengals everydayers, and we appreciate every single one of you who does either or all of those things. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And James, today we dive in to Cincinnati Bengals draft needs. When we were talking about this episode, before the show when we were planning our topic for today the list of first round potential targets is long and trying to rank them in terms of priority is sort of difficult i mean you got five six positions on this list when we were talking about this last night yeah i i think this is a a unique position that we haven't seen the Bengals in, in in quite some time where one they're picking earlier than we've seen the past couple of years and two, in recent years, it's been, ah, well, there's no obvious needs. Like, there's needs down the line, and we saw them take Dax Hill, which we'll see if that pick works out or not. And last year, it was like, well, there's no obvious needs. You could go tight end. I pushed for running back, but both of the running backs that were worth first-round picks were long gone. And after that, it was kind of like, we'll see like what they do. We knew it wasn't receiver, but we kind of had it narrowed down to, to multiple defensive spots. And maybe tight end. Uh, there were a lot of people against the running back train, so we won't even mention that one. So that, that was pretty much it. Right now, and full disclosure, a year ago at this time, the Bengals were playing the Chiefs. We weren't into draft mode yet. Mm-hmm. But right now, there are far more needs. Y- you could go tight end and, and certainly make that argument. The reason you aren't, and, and I won't argue running back, is more to do with the draft class than it is the idea that they wouldn't take one. So we'll scratch that one. But still, offensive tackle, certainly in play. Defensive tackle, certainly in play. A lot of people talking about defensive tackle. Defensive end, I don't think it's completely rolled out. Cornerback, certainly uh, on the table. So there's five. Is there a six that I missed that I Wide rattled receiver. off? Wide receiver. I... <laughs> Unreal. Come on. Me, What's going on? Are getting... you okay? Yeah. What, what is going on? Why would I not remember wide receiver? I should have let off with that one because, of course, wide receivers in play as well. And so there you go. There's six different positions that I think there's at least some realistic chance and realistic possibility that that's the route they go with the 18th pick. And we still have, what, three months exactly? It seems like a pretty close to exactly for the NFL draft. And yet I do think it is that open where you're talking about six different positions, at least in the running as of right now. 
And obviously, this episode is far too early to really say what we think they will do in the NFL draft. Free agency will change this significantly. The Senior Bowl, the Shrine Bowl, the Combine, all these major draft events that give us a lot more information about the prospects will occur and we'll adjust accordingly when we know more of what the Bengals roster is going to look like and more of what this draft class is going to look like. But one of the big lessons, and we'll talk about this when we compare how this year and last year could be different for the Bengals is I don't think they can draft for the future this year. And and we can spend a lot of time, I think, talking about this philosophical approach we've seen from the Bengals really in each of their last three quarterback regimes where at some point they try to draft for the future. Notably, under Andy Dalton, we, we saw the tackle future draft. And I think we've seen a couple of drafts in Cincinnati the last couple of years where the late first round pick is not necessarily geared toward let's find a guy that will make an impact on the team this year. And I think that is a difference this year when we're looking at why this will be such a challenging exercise is because, you know, the way you framed it to me, this is also interesting. And when we were talking about this yesterday is, you know, you're saying the Bengals are really open this year as far as what they can do in the first round. And I think that's true sure. last year. That's how I would frame it last year, where this year I would say, oh, they need a whole lot of things. Let's see what need is left. So in a sense, they're open. It could be any number of positions, like you said, any number of six positions. Even it could be something we haven't even talked about, right? But it's because they will need it. It's because they will need an impact player at that position. And maybe it's not even a positional thing. It's just that I think the approach to this year's draft needs to be and we'll talk about priority and trying to rank these positions needs to be, let's find an impact player. Let's find a pro bowl, all pro potential player, regardless of position. And that's where I would start with this year's draft, just looking at how this year went for the Bengals and and how you can kind of project toward 2024. I agree. I totally agree. And I think one for years now, multiple years, it's been, Hey, can you, can you land like the windows now land an instant impact player. So they might be forced into that because of the needs you're right. And so do you want to look at it on one end of the coin or the other end? I think it is interesting, but we're really going to see this front office have to marry and they've tried to do this in the past, but marry the draft and free agency. And they have and done did, it. And, and yeah, no doubt they have done it, but marry it and nail it. And yeah. they nailed it in 2021. And you look up and they're in the Super Bowl two years ago, right? Like it's it, it wild when they were doing that. But you get Chido Bayouzia, you get Mike Hilton, you split that that William Jackson money essentially that he was going to get on the open market. And by the way, both of those guys still in the league. William Jackson is not. So they they nailed it there. And so they need to get back to that where they get it right in free agency and follow it up with instant impact guys. One thing that I think is notable, and we'll probably discuss it a lot over the next few months. The Bengals, it's not like they didn't like tight end. There were tight ends they yeah. liked, and they went off the board. Let's say they had a round three grade on Tucker Craft. Well, when by the time their third round pick rolled around, Tucker Craft was long gone. They're not picking at the end of every round now, and I do think that that's unique because at the past two years, I think they got burned a lot, and that's why they traded up multiple times in 2022. And in last year, I think that's why the draft went the way the draft did at certain positions. So that's uh, another element for sure. Picking in the middle of the round, certainly easier than picking at the end of the round, but not as easy as the last couple of draft classes where they found some guys when they were picking top five, top one. Uh, that that certainly makes it a little bit easier. But 
free agency obviously going to have a huge impact on how we rank these positions and we're going to get to the ranking it might be in the next segment but offensive tackle defensive tackle corner wide receiver tight end you can throw edge defender in there as well so we can, we can try to rank those six but they need to have answers for each of these positions at the end of free agency can't go into the draft not having a starting right tackle can't go into the draft having what they have at defensive tackle and tight end where there's essentially nothing in the room can't go into the draft with jamar chase charlie jones andre yosevash and trent Irwin as your four receivers right so they will and, and t higgins likely to be on the franchise tag so maybe that kind of down plays or, or diminishes the the push for first round wide receiver but this class at wide receiver is going mm-hmm. to push that right back up just because it's an insane class at wide receiver so we're told corner could be a place where they feel like they've got their starters but how how confident are you in the guys they have and again a, a place where value could push corner up in the first round but we'll get to that prioritization I just wanted to make the point that they cannot get to the draft with a burning need for a starter. They, they need to, one, find an impact player that can contribute right away, which is not something they've been able to do for the last couple of years since they drafted Jamar Chase. But two, they, they can't go into the draft where it's that player or bust at a particular position. That's why I kind of framed it initially as being a little bit position agnostic, and they just need to find the player rather the than Billy setting Price themselves draft. up. To, to find the position yeah you can't you can't panic pick a center just because the guy you wanted in frank rag now was picked one pick ahead of you we'll get to that conversation around ranking those positions and talking a little bit more about how 2024 will be different from 2023 coming up next Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy the way it should be. What do I mean by that? Well, it's you versus the Prize Picks projections. You don't have to deal with pros, sharks, thousands of other players. No, it's you making a call more than or less than on NBA players. Maybe you want to roll with LeBron James and you took, hopefully, if you're already playing Prize Picks, and I know a lot of our listeners are, you took the more than on LeBron James's points and rebounds and assists for Saturday night in that thriller against the Golden State Warriors. But it's NBA, it's NFL, and you can mix them together too. I love prize picks. You can earn up to 25 times your money with prize picks and the beauty, you can make your selections in just a few taps. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL and you're going to get a first deposit match up to $100. It's that simple prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. You ready to rank some positions as of January 28th, James, before the NFL playoffs are done? Wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. No, I'm just kidding. There yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. There we go. I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. Let's go. All right. You want me to rank them? I'll rank them. I was seeing you up. Let's start with the first one. Biggest need as of right now. You could go a few different directions. To me, as of right now, it's defensive tackle. Because of right now, DJ Reader set to become a free agent. Josh Tupo set to become a free agent. You have the uncertainty of Reader. And outside of BJ Hill, what with Reader's injury, and outside of BJ Hill, what are you banking on? J2 Fele, Zach Carter. Like this is a position where you need multiple guys where it wasn't good enough this year with DJ Reader. 
And now you have a, a question mark with Reader and whether or not he'll be back. You have the injury question mark with him. And so even if you brought him back, let's just say he was under contract, it would still be a major need. I had defensive tackle number one, and this kind of shows the needs because I think you could make the argument for multiple spots here, but I have DT just slightly above the rest. Yeah, I think that there's a pretty good argument for that when you look at the way the draft might fall as well. And we'll take a look at potential first-round targets for sure, but Newton, Johnny Newton, he's he's going by now, not Jerzon Newton, Illinois defensive tackle. If he's the guy that's available there and, and that's the way that things fall, right now that feels like a common pick that, that we're, we're going to be seeing in a lot of Cincinnati Bengals mock drafts because of that need of defensive tackle. But as you said, not a position the Bengals frequently prioritize in the first round and a position where you can easily see them spending money in free agency. And that's part of what makes this challenging. But between that and, and right tackle, a couple mm-hmm. of positions where, again, you expect the Bengals to spend money in free agency to have some pieces there. And right tackle and, and offensive linemen in general in the NFL as rookies, especially if you're not picking them in the top five, often, and even then sometimes, often need some seasoning. You don't want to necessarily have to rely on a rookie right out of the gate. That's where offensive tackle is right up there with defensive tackle, right? I mean, they have no tight ends on the roster. So technically, if you want to look at it that way, you could talk about tight end. But they also don't have a starting right tackle on the roster. And we talk a lot about this offensive line needing to play better, needing an athleticism infusion, picking a little bit earlier in a very strong offensive tackle class. Talk about how strong the wide receiver class is. Also true for tackle, where I think Dane Brugler had like double-digit tackles in his first first round mock draft of the year. So, I mean, you're talking crazy tackle depth and you can get an infusion of talent and athleticism there. I think those are the two that we're talking about at the top when when you're talking about draft needs for the first round. Let me ask you this, and I'm putting you on the spot, but you just look at that depth chart at both of those positions, and I agree with you that that's the debate, and I think you could flip them either way. (laughs) Who do you trust more? And these are just guys that are on the roster and under contract right now. At defensive tackle, you have Jay Tufele and Zach Carter. Or at offensive tackle, you have Jackson Carmen and Deontay Smith. That's quite easy, isn't it? Like, you, you trust the defensive tackle because they're not putting Joe Burrow at risk. That, that's it. Like, it's worse for your defense, probably, but... I don't trust either one. I think the answer is not. Right. I, yeah. I, I, mean, I don't even really trust at least three of the four as quality backups, to be honest. It's just... So. At least that way, you're not endangering your quarterback with a glaring weakness on your offensive line. Sure. And I and, think and come back to this if they go into the season with Jackson Carmen as plan A for right tackle, because we're we, we need to bet. hold ourselves and we're going to continue to hold them to that standard because that will be oh there there should Ugh. be a better chance. No, I'm serious about this. There should be a better oh like wait, like 100 to 1 should be the odds if you looked at FanDuel that Jackson Carmen is your your starting right tackle given any circumstance including injuries as starting the year but the the other element of this is you're right they they should they should pay but he there I think it's more likely that he's not on the roster than he is the starter <laughs> to be very clear and I don't think they'll cut I, I doubt it but and everyone talks about the Billy Price trade, like you can just cook up 
someone that wants Jackson Carmen. I don't think anyone wants Jackson Carmen anyway. No trade value there. All right. So we both agree. DT, OT. Yep. It, basically, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Top needs at the top of the board. Third, I do think it is tight end. I do. And it's tight end because there's no... Like, like, let's say you even had Tanner Hudson and Drew Sample back on the roster, and I think those are two guys that a lot of people look at and say, hey, they can help this offense, which I agree. That's still one of your worst spots mm-hmm. and one of your worst positions. And that's no knock on them. They just don't have any young, controllable, rookie contract guy or proven even remotely close to Pro Bowl-type player yep. at that spot. And And so those are good role players but they need to get better at tight end and draft wise. It stinks because it's Brock Bowers and then there's a drop off and you you do wonder if in rounds two through four, they'll be able to find a guy that can contribute right away, which it's hard to do at tight end. Anyway, you know, some of these guys did it this past year with Kincaid and Laporta and Tucker craft. And I could go on and on. It's not always like that. And it was like that this past year. No, it was a crazy tight end class and they missed out. And it's unfortunate that they missed out. But like you said, that's the way the board fell. Picking at the end of the round makes it hard to overdraft a guy like picking Tucker Craft at the end of the second round. What would have been the alternative? And I know there's some Bengals fans out there that don't think DJ Turner had a very good rookie season. And that is my segue to cornerback. Because between tight end and corner, I think that that is, again, impacted by the draft. This is not a great draft at either of those positions, but it's certainly better at corner than it is tight end. There are corners that are, besides Brock Bowers, there's only one tight end. There's multiple corners, I think, that are worth first-round picks that will be picked in the first round. So if you're talking about priorities in terms of what they could pick in the first round, James, I would put corner ahead of tight end because I think Bowers is gone. But if it's Bowers versus corner, obviously tight end kind of jumps over everything, I think, unless it's like somehow you have a decision between Brock Bowers and Joe Alt, and then it gets really interesting, but they played themselves you out won't. of that consideration. You won't. Yeah, Alt will not be. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a small sliver for Bowers, a small one, where you could say, hey, positional value-wise, there's this offensive tackle or this wide receiver, multiple quarterbacks go – that are borderline round one guys go ahead of 18th pick. Like you could see the fall of two DTs go. I, I don't think you're, you're getting uh, a no. top seven or eight offensive tackle, but if Bowers falls, all right, would you take Newton or Bowers? That would be the one. And that's the yeah. popular debate. What, what would you do? If both are there and they won't. I don't be. know. It's, it's January 28th. I don't know yet. There you go. That is the dream. And it probably yeah. will be, borderline dream uh, for, for this team over the next three months. I think that's fair, right? If one of those guys falls. Now, it could change some. I think these receivers, they're kind of slotted the way they're slotted. I think we'll have some risers. I think we'll have some guys that uh, make their push for, for that 18th pick. And um, and who knows with T. I, I think the T stuff, it's just so interesting mm-hmm. because you and I both have talked. Tag and trade. I think that makes a decent amount of sense. And I think there's a market for T, even with a deep wide receiver class. A lot of just, teams would be interested in trading for T. It's just so out of character for the Bengals. We have a couple more positions to get to. Then we'll take a look at who some potential first-round targets are. We've talked about a couple of them, a couple of the dream targets. We'll continue those conversations coming up next. This show 
is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you, and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. So whether it's work, whether it's school, whether it's just everyday life, whether it's your favorite sports team not being alive in mid-January, even though they were over the past couple of years, or something far more serious, which we all deal with things much more serious than the Bengals or our favorite sports team, BetterHelp is something that can help you. And therapy can be different from for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, like I mentioned. And it's important to get those things off of your chest. If you're thinking of giving therapy uh, or starting therapy and giving therapy a try, well, try BetterHelp. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Just a couple more positions to fit into our hierarchy. I think we're more or less in agreement. Offensive tackle, defensive tackle, kind of tied-ish for first. You can make an argument either way. Tight end corner, I think probably goes tight end, then corner. But I think for first round priority, like I said, corner gets pushed up just because of the draft class. I think wide receiver also gets pushed up because of the draft class. Not necessarily that it's a burning need right now, but when you have a class like this, we ask them every year, hey, this is a really strong class of tight end. Hey, this is a really strong class of wide receiver. Let's dip into that. How does that play into it with edge defender as the other one of the six that we mentioned? Yeah, I think edge is is last. I think wide receiver, like there's a, a scenario where it's at near the top and it leapfrogs tight end and it becomes like, all right, it's the best tackle wide receiver mm-hmm. that's available. Like if T Higgins isn't on this roster come draft time or there's real legitimate, Hey, they're willing to trade him. Then wide receiver has to be up there. They're a wide receiver based team. And unless they're completely changing their offense, I don't expect them to, they rely on wide receivers as much as any team and multiple. And I, I think the wide receiver at 18 is interesting because you're right. They win at the end of the year. And I, I think they play themselves out of like the top guys right? Neighbors is someone a lot of people like. He might not make it past Brian Callahan's Titans at seven. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, or five. Yeah. Or, or I mean, or higher. Sure. Yeah. I just mean, like, the floor is probably seven. We know what Marvin Harrison Jr. is, so let's just cancel those two guys out because they're going to be long gone. It, it, could Roma Dunze fall? I think that's really unlikely. Uh, less, unle- less likely than, let's say, Brock Bowers falling uh, or Newton falling just to give you an idea of some, but if he was there, even with T you would consider it because that's like, Ooh, freak show stuff. And you're doing it in, in round one. Uh, I I'm not as, I I don't think they'll run to the podium, say for a Keon Coleman. I know he's in the mix. Brian Thomas is interesting to me, but I I don't know if unless T is, is gone already, would they consider that tier? I think the the Roma Dunze is probably the last guy that they'd be like, ah, oh, well, we have T-, T franchise tag, but that dude's still there. Which, it has happened. I will say, C.D. Lamb fell in the draft. Like, let's not go let's say it's crazy. Justin Jefferson fell in the draft, but everyone knew C.D. Lamb was a stud, and he still fell to 17, I believe. So it isn't completely outlandish, but it's pretty unlikely. It's a great tackle class. There's going to be tight end. There's, sorry, there's going to be quarterbacks picked. We know Brock Bowers is likely to be picked. 
there will probably be a defensive tackle, probably an edge player in there. We know positional value will play a part in pushing guys up the board. But today, it's hard for me to make a big argument for wide receiver just because I expect T to be on the team. And until that changes, that's kind of why wide receivers mentioned where it is. That said, I would still love the Bengals to take a wide receiver in this class. It just might not be in the first round. Edge, you know, not a particularly robust class. They have pretty significant depth there in in 2024 they need to be better but when you're talking about sam hubbard cam sample joseph osai trey hendricks and miles murphy being the five guys on the roster right now that is first round pick one of the nfl sack leaders depending on your definition of a sack long time cincinnati guy veteran captain type in sam hubbard plus good role players in camp sample and a guy that we keep having expectations for maybe we don't anymore in Joseph Osai, but that's your fifth guy. Mm-hmm. Hard to think about a first round edge player fitting into that mix, unless it's a guy that you think is going to come totally displace Sam Hubbard. But when you've already got Miles Murphy on the roster, that that is tough. And I wonder if there are positions that we're getting yelled at about that that we haven't talked about. I don't know that there's a first round interior offensive lineman in this class. I don't know much about the safety class. I can imagine those two potentially. Have some folks interested, maybe punter, maybe people want the first round punter. Um, I think we nailed it because if they take a dang, you imagine them taking a center at 18? Like, no, that sounds, ugh. I can't, right? right? Especially this year. I don't think there's a guy. And by the way, if they take a safety at 18, he better instantly be Jesse Bates (laughs) because they've already invested draft cap. I mean, you're talking about two valuable picks in that position. And and when's the last time they had a first round offensive tackle or third round offensive tackle? It's been a while. Outside yeah. of Jackson Carmen in round two, which we knew in the moment it was a dumb pick. So yeah. We gave it time, by the way. But we knew in the moment it seemed very, very questionable at best. Just to be there, very clear. And the the receipts are there. You can go listen to our old episodes. Whenever the Bengals make a pick, we will try to frame the upside right in the draft that is what the draft is for you're you're often picking players for upside but you will certainly hear skepticism when we are skeptical of the players chances of hitting that upside let's like let's take a quick look james at some of the potential names we're going to load up a draft simulator here on pff so let's get that pulled up for the people on youtube and we'll talk through it for everybody that's just listening Let's get that pulled up now. And here we go. If you're watching on YouTube, we have the PFF mock draft simulator. We're just going to let this run and take a look at some first round draft targets. We're not going to do anything crazy fancy here. We're just going to hit this enter draft button and see where the players go. Some of the players that we talked about. And Jaden Daniels is there, baby. So so here we've got a run this situation. That man ain't uh, getting past three. What? Of of the quarterback falling. Uh, oh but God. some of the guys we discussed, like Rome, Roma Dunze, long gone. Marvin Harrison, long gone. Malik Neighbors, long gone. Brock Bowers, long gone. Joel. Dunze ahead of Harrison. What what planet are we the, on, PFF? The, the order doesn't really matter, though, right? It's just these are players. Bo Nix ahead of Jaden Daniels matters to me. <laughs> so here's the thing about that is Lance Zerline, Mike Renner, and Matt Waldman all have Bo Nix ahead of, of Jaden Daniels in this draft. Won't happen on draft night. Book it. 
and I love Mike, and I love those other guys too. But I'm I'm just saying that Bo Nix from Auburn apparently is a different player from Bo Nix at Oregon, but that's not what oh, we're he here is. to talk about. He is, anyways. It, JC Latham at 15. It's so funny seeing people like Latham is not good, and then others like yeah, give me Latham, and then other mm-hmm. people say no, Alabama tackle. If Latham's there at 18, I think that's a pretty good scenario. That's a go ahead. That is the name to talk about. I think Taliese Fuaga, whose name I might be getting wrong, is another tackle who is earlier in this sim than I think he will go based on what I understand right now on draft day. But that's another lineman that you could talk about. Dallas Turner, one of those edge players. You could yeah. talk about Nate Wiggins, one of the corners you could talk about, and and Johnny Newton picked as well. Terry on Arnold, another corner you could talk about, and Layatu Latu. From UCLA, the edge player, one of the edge players that I think would be in consideration for the Bengals if they were looking at edge in the first round. I see some good players, though. When we're looking at draft simulators, the names you're going to hear a lot of are guys like Brian Thomas, Amarius Mims, potentially Kool-Aid McKinstry, the corner from Alabama. We talked with Mike Gunner about him in our draft primer a couple of weeks ago. And Jared Burse would would be another edge player that I think uh, some folks would have been happy with. A while ago, Byron Murphy, also an interior defender who's working his way into first round consideration. And if you're one of the draft to safety crowd, Cam Kitchens from Miami, another name here that I think would potentially draw some consideration. Anything else jumping out at you, James? No, not really. You covered most of them. I think uh, Amarius Mims. Did you mention Mims? I did. Uh, yes. All right. Amarius Mims. Um, to me, Kool-Aid McKinstry vaults to the top of my board because of the name. Yeah. I mean, the things that the Bengals fans would do if Kool-Aid was awesome and you had Juice and Kool-Aid as your starting corners, like with Juan Drago as as your maybe your slot corner long-term. Very fun names there. Yeah, That's a lot of fun. Uh, I have watched a little Brian Thomas. Dude's a baller. Just going to throw that out there. It's early. I think Amarius Mims... May have the like w- one of the higher ceilings in this tackle class, and and we talked with Mike Renner about him some, mm-hmm. and I think there will be a lot of fans that are like, no, too inexperienced, too risky, but I I think he could very well be the pick in this scenario. Byron Murphy too. I'm surprised he's that low. I feel like he's th- there's a good chance he might not even be there at 18. Am yeah, I we've, wrong? We've seen him mocked ahead of Newton. Yeah, yeah, that's I, what I, I mean. I believe that was Dame Brugler's mock as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, could, I could be misattributing that one. But when I scroll through this list for everybody watching on YouTube that he sees me scrolling while James is talking, you see that the list of tackles is, is pretty deep. There's also Troy Fatanu from Washington who maybe kicks inside in the NFL. The list of wide receivers is quite deep. You have to scroll for a while before you find uh, Keon Coleman, who's a bit down on the PFF board compared to like, Troy Franklin, and if we just look at the wide receiver position group here, Brian Thomas, Troy Flank, Troy Franklin, Lad McConkey, Devontae Walker, Keon Coleman, Adonai Mitchell, Xavier Leggett. So mm-hmm. a lot Le- of wide Leggett, receivers that are names Leggett's that I already know. Leggett's interesting at 49, mm-hmm. uh, the Bengals' second-round pick, and McConkey is interesting. Lad. And, and Xavier you'll, Worthy you'll as well. Right. I think will be another one in Jalen Polk. Like the list of receivers goes on and on. You can tell, you can tell which guys we've seen a little bit of and which ones we have. There's three months to go. People, we will know everybody inside and out. I promise. It's just early. As of today, if we were doing mock draft Monday today, James, and we'll get out of here. uh, I would pick Marius Mims in this scenario based on what I know today, which is not, I would, I would take Mims or um, it would be trenches or Murphy. And so 
I'd probably take Murphy it, it, because I said that defensive tackle is their biggest need. Free agency will impact that some. And this mm. is why they have to marry the two is because they have to know, have a good handle as they go into free agency of how they, they think they can approach the draft and how realistic it is that they get a first-round OT. Will they consider a first-round DT, even though they haven't taken one since 1994 when half of our listeners, maybe not half, but some of our listeners weren't even alive? Yeah. I think there are some interesting scenarios there. Do they like Brian Thomas enough because he's good yak and he's a good contested catch type of receiver and he runs well? Well, nobody runs, but he, he looks fast. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I think it's I think it's interesting. And, and Jake, I will say this. I'm officially really, really excited about the draft. Draft season is here. Let's go, my man. Just had to open the draft simulator once. We're ready to go. We're ready to go here on Lockdown Beckles. Amarius men's testing going to be extremely interesting. The risk there is that he was hurt, but you heard Mike talk about him if you listen to this show every day. Very, very high on Amarius men's. It wouldn't be remotely surprising to see men's go earlier. I'm, I'm in for men's here just to get some athleticism on the offensive line. Let's just make the pick, go to turbo mode here to, to wrap up the first round on PFF just for fun. B+. Plus. Solid stuff. Notice how Jake got his way. He went with Mims. I'm controlling the simulator, James. Yep. Ultimate control. He's trying to be Bill Belichick of Locked On Bengals. That ain't happening, man. Just wait. I'm I'm calling David Locke right now. Go for it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. The championship games will be complete by the time you hear from us next. We might have some takeaways from those episodes or from those games and we're, we're going to talk about the Bengals linebackers this week as well in the season they had in 2024 until next time thanks for listening to this episode of the lockdown Bengals podcast who day and have a good one